All right. The internet has gone crazy with conspiracy theories ever since Ahsoka dropped its first two episodes about a masked inquisitor, someone that we really haven't seen too much hype for the show involving, albeit they were in the original trailer, but they weren't as prominent as Balin or his apprentice, or hell, even Bruce Lee's granddaughter who turned out to be a Dathomary witch. So that begs the question, who is this masked inquisitor? And we're gonna take a look specifically at one theory pertaining to, is the masked inquisitor Ezra Bridger. We'll see you to explain the pros and the cons of that after the open. Alright guys, Brad here for Geek Variants. Please be sure to hit that lovely red subscribe button if you learn something new, agree with some of the theories, or are interested in anything Marvel, DZ, Lord of the Rings, anime, Star Wars, and more. We've got it covered here for you. But the reason you are here, you want to talk about this Masked Inquisitor and you really want to get down to the nitty gritty of who this is. There's been so many names thrown out there and the one I absolutely want to debunk the most is the legend himself, Starkiller. Don't get me wrong, I love Sam Witwer. I love Starkiller. Those games, The Force Unleashed, phenomenal games. He doesn't need to be inserted into every single project as the mysterious person, the masked person, the guy who is this mysterious figure that we all don't know anything about. I'd love to see him canon. I, I really, really would. But as far as this goes, no. He, he has no place here, he has no bearing here. He makes no logical sense here because he was Vader's secret apprentice, so the fact that he would work for someone like Balin, let alone a Death Mary Witch, ah, you are throwing all speculation, all caution to the wind, and that's not something that we really want to do here. I want to focus on something that's more logical, something that can be actually proven or disproven with some level of credibility. I want this to be a critical thinking exercise in theories. You can be any kind of YouTube page and just throw crazy theories out there. Is Gojo the long lost son of Kakashi Hatake? See, that's a theory in of itself. There's no credibility to it though, so therefore it's not entertaining, therefore it's terrible content, therefore you, the viewer, have wasted your time. And that is not what we're about here. While we're doing our theory crafting, we want to have something that's credible. And as far as credibility goes, I believe the theory that this could be Ezra Bridger might be one of the most prominent theories that could be feasible for what we have here. Will this likely turn out to be a whole bunch of nothing and that the Master Inquisitor will be a big nobody we've never seen before? Probably. But at the same time, when you bring in someone like Dave Filoni to direct your stuff, who had such a significant impact on fixing the Clone Wars and making the prequels great, and then having the Rebel series come along, which was supposed to be a kid series, I might add, turn out to be one of the best things Star Wars has done animated, which is surprisingly saying something, it, it, it's really nice to see. And having him, the guy who did this, was the apprentice for George Lucas and all things Star Wars lore is now coming out and giving us this grand show with all his characters coming to live action. Yeah, I'm absolutely here for it. And the thought of him turning Ezra to being an Inquisitor is definitely something he would do. But how would that even come about? There were so many questions that were left unanswered at the end of Rebels. At the end of Rebels, we had the space whales grab a hold of Thrawn's fleet, fly them off into a galaxy never to be seen again, and as far as we knew, Thrawn and Ezra were just gone. We left off with Sabine 
and Ahsoka both going to go look out for Ezra to try and go find him. We had Hera trying to settle down with her son and set up the Rebels for success. Garazeb headed off with his new friend Callus. He was going to go explore his old homeworld and show him, like, hey, everything's good. We're friends. Everything's fine. And then we saw him pop up at the end of Book of Boba. No. We saw him pop up in The Mandalorian where he was just hanging out at the bar right next to Dave Filoni. And that was a great, nice little uh, Easter egg for all of us to see. The thing that really needs to be addressed here, we're going to talk about the pro list first. We're going to talk about why this could be Ezra. The theory that really, really could hold all of this together. And... The thing that I really want to address right off, and I'm going to show a photo at this time, do not be alarmed. Boom. That right there looks exactly like a masked inquisitor. However, when you look further upon him, it honestly looks like the right height and the right build for Ezra. You turn Ezra from a teenager into an adult because 10 years has passed between Rebels and the series that we have currently going on right now. He's got the right height. He's got the right build. He had the right moves. He had the right moxie for it. He had the right poise. This Inquisitor had all the capabilities that Ezra should if he's been off training in whatever side of the Force for the last 10 years. But that really tends to beg a lot of questions. How did he turn? What happened here? I mean, he fought Ahsoka toe-to-toe in a one-on-one match and held his own for the most part. So we have to give some level of credibility to this Master Inquisitor. Ahsoka is no slouch. She went and fought against Vader and Rebels and came out alive. That's something that most Jedi who have fought Vader can't say. His kill count is very, very impressive in of itself. And Starkiller had an impressive kill count too. But if Starkiller was the one fighting Ahsoka, truth be told, I think Starkiller would have easily 1v1'd Ahsoka and the series would have been two episodes long and we would have had a whole new meaning to everything that transpired throughout this. But them killing off Rosario Dawson would be a huge backlash because she's done an amazing job in her role for this series, as has the recently departed Ray Stevenson. I have to absolutely take time to acknowledge that every scene he's in, Balin holds the audience phenomenally. Very happy with it. I wish we could have gotten more of him and could have gotten more of him and his character. I hope they do it justice with everything they had throughout the series. But now that we had Ezra disappear, he reappears 10 years later. And now all of a sudden there's this powerful character by the name of Morgan Elspeth, who's confirmed to be a descendant from the Dathomirian women. And the Dathomirian women, for those who aren't familiar, is a whole tribe of witches that were in charge of the planet Dathomir. Mother Talzin was their greatest leader. And Darth Maul and Savage Opress as well as Asajj Ventress, all came from this one planet. And you're thinking, that's a lot of prominent people, especially if you followed up with the Clone Wars, because Darth Maul's force potential was higher than Palpatine before Obi-Wan, you know, got him in half. Savage Opress, when he was full-on hatred and using it well, he was a formidable Sith in of his own right. Now be poorly trained and absolutely got destroyed by Palpatine, but formidable in his own right. Mother Talzin was going toe-to-toe with many, many powerful Force Sith, including she has feats that Palpatine himself had a little bit of a quarry, and he came in professionally. He didn't just come in guns blazing to take Darth Maul. 
He came in with a plan. He was sneaky. He stole him and it changed the outlook of the entire galaxy that we know far, far away. Whenever you involve Dathomir, things are very, very interesting. I mean, we have Marin from the Fallen Order series and she raised a bunch of zombies to try and kill Cal Kestis, let's not forget, in the very first game of that series. And the Dathomirian women have been proven to dabble in the dark side in ways that are far more forbidable and far more sorcerer-like than anything we've seen from any typical Sith. Most Sith experiment with like lightning and rage and hatred and being able to use that force choke to their absolute best benefit. The Dathomirian women are able to raise the dead. There's levels to this. And Sith sorcery is something that has not been explored properly in Star Wars. But let's say Ezra, in his quest to take out Thrawn, gets absolutely damaged beyond belief. His body, his mind, his soul gets irrevertibly damaged from having some battle with the Empire or God knows what. They went into the part of the realm of the galaxy where very few have gone before and even fewer have talked about. It is a basic unknown. So how in the world would you bring him back, let alone have him serve you in absolute and unquestioned loyalty? Dathomir and Witch Magic. It's the answer to everything involving most shows. Magic is a deus ex machina where you can take out people's morals, their beliefs, their conscience, and just throw it all out the window and be like, yeah, this person was great, but hey, you remember that one time in the alternate universe where they did such and such? The Dathomirian women, the, the deus ex machina of that. They would make Ezra go from the light side Jedi that he was, who did not waver, to this Inquisitor who is emotionless and going after Ahsoka like she owed him money and was willing to put hands on her, get the mission completed, and still continue to have a level of invulnerability to him that keeps the series interesting. As far as the pro list, the right height, right build, the proper training, Morgan Elsbeth could have been strong enough and should be strong enough to have swapped his mind in a way that corrupted him and his soul in order to have him fill out these missions for when Balin or his apprentice are busy or heck, you even need a bigger gun because we don't know on the power scaling how strong Balin is, how strong his apprentice are. We've got minimal feats. But for Ezra, we had an entire series where we were able to calculate and tabulate where exactly we believe he would fall in terms of strength. And as far as what I think, even a young Ezra would be something that Balin and his apprentice would have nothing to be even challenging him for. He is one of one, at least in terms of fighting them. So in terms of fighting Ahsoka, as far as this feat goes, it looks like the 1v1 worked out perfectly for him. As far as the con list goes, there is absolutely no explanation of his return, let alone his fall from the Jedi. While I believe brainwashing could easily be something to override this, having someone who's been so loyal and so devout to the Order, let alone be as prominent as he was at the time in ensuring that the Rebels succeeded, because if Thrawn didn't go get taken out, and then multiple leaks later, Grand Moff Tarkin wasn't taken out by Luke Skywalker. Um, yeah. There'd be two brilliant tacticians on the board for the Empire that could have quashed just about any rebellion. Thrawn's level of genius and intellect is nigh unparalleled. He is the smartest person Star Wars has seen. I think Palpatine's brilliant. I still think Thrawn is smarter than he will ever become. But again, 
Ezra hates the Empire. He risked his life, his friends, his family, everyone he had grown close to, to stop the Empire in its tracks. If Lothal fell, the Rebellion could have been quashed much, much earlier. Because while you could have blown up Death Star 1 and Grand Moff Tarkin on it, Grand Admiral Thrawn would have resurrected the Empire in 10 minutes flat, destroyed everybody else who was fleeing, and it doesn't matter how powerful Luke is, eventually he would have been outnumbered, outgunned, and turned to the dark side, and eventually succeeding his father as either the apprentice or the new emperor for the dark side of the Force. It would have been a clear destruction of everything that we have seen from the Order. And while we're talking about things that have been throughout canon, let's talk about a little bit of Legends here, because having Ezra turn, while I believe could be good, this could also be very bad. Because if you have Ezra go bad, it honestly looks like you're copying a lot of the Dark Empire storyline. And for those of you who aren't familiar, the Dark Empire storyline takes place directly after the Rebels have finally conquered the Death Star the second time and are now trying to go towards peace but Palpatine is still out there because you know he didn't die in the shaft I don't know why everyone thinks he has he force transferred and you know force essence transfer all that good stuff long story short Luke falls to the dark side in an attempt to grow closer and closer and closer to Palpatine so he could gain his trust gain all of his secrets gain all his motives and then thwart all of the plans Luke is so good in his job, he nearly quashes the entire rebellion within weeks. He is overpowered to a fault. And he eventually does come back to the light side, takes out the Emperor, thanks to Leia, and everything is just good to go. However, trying to rehash this story with someone of Ezra's caliber, as opposed to someone who is Luke's caliber, Ezra, Luke would just be a shame of a storyline. And while I understand they tried their best to pull off the Dark Empire storyline with the new Disney trilogy, they failed horrendously and no one in their right mind would say anything otherwise. They tried to copy and paste that storyline to a T while adding in a story involving Jason Solo that just didn't need to be there. And ultimately, well, we saw how it has fallen short and how most fans of Star Wars absolutely rebuked its existence. So, I don't think there's a lo any logical thing for that. And as far as Ezra being the main guy that this could be, I think there's even a more prominent figure that this could be. And I mentioned him earlier in this video. Kanan and Hera had a child by the name of Jason Syndulla. And that child, in an epilogue moment from the original part of Rebels, was seen at a very young age. I want to say four or five, maybe five, six. Somewhere between that four and six range. She was very, very young. And ultimately, now that we have this 10-year time skip, there's no sighting of Hera's son. None whatsoever. We haven't even gotten a glimpse, a hint, a comment, or even just some level of speculation pertaining to where he is, what he's doing, how things are going about, and honestly, I think that's for the best, having a Dark Horse candidate like this. But having a child who is both Force-sensitive and lacking a proper teacher at this point in time in his young career where he's starting to go through the emotions that is being a teenager, um, well, that could definitely give credence to the fact he could have fallen to the dark side. 
Um, if he's not fallen to the dark side by now, he would be either at Luke's Academy trying to get trained, which we know how that goes with Kylo Ren and all the good stuff, but we don't know where he is right now. He also would fit the billing for this specific person right here, right now. And the other con that we need to talk about, because we've had the no explanation, he hates the Empire, the Dark Empire storyline of the con, I genuinely think that Jason Sindula would be a far more prominent figure in this series than he has been thus far. The final caveat is, if Avisura is back, and he's doing all these things as an Inquisitor, where's Thrawn? Where is he hiding at? Having the Grand Admiral, the greatest tactician in the world, acquire a piece as powerful as Ezra, and using him as a rogue bounty hunter to help clean up certain projects that have gone awry for you, really doesn't strike me as the most brilliant move he could have. If Thrawn has these powerful pieces, basically two and a half Jedi, because the Apprentice, I still have yet to be sold on her ability to be anything prominent or powerful. I just think Sabine is that rusty and was that bad. That you have these prominent pieces at a time where Ahsoka is basically the only Jedi that we have because Luke is busy trying to build his academy. That you aren't trying to grab more land, more planets, more resources. Continue to rebuild the Empire until it becomes the First Order. But you're where exactly? Not on the front lines? Not making yourself known? You think that was your mistake with Rebels? Because you didn't make a mistake in Rebels. Ezra just happened to be at the right spot at the right time. And he used space whales to defeat you. And by defeat you, I mean take you away for who knows how long. In this 10 year gap, a lot can happen. And honestly, Ezra Bridger, you could be back as this Inquisitor, or you could have suffered a far worse fate. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Is this Inquisitor Ezra Bridger, or is he someone that we don't know? Is he Starkiller? Is he Jason Sindula? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Be sure to hit that lovely red subscribe button if you've made it all the way through this portion of the video. If not, I'll see you guys in the next video of the Bradford Geek Variants. Have a good one, and may the force be with you. Follow. <laughs>